Hi, this is Hope. This is Chris. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Me Radio. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 97 of Nomad Athlete Radio. Doug, we've got three episodes left and then we can quit this shop. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Oh, you weren't planning on quitting when you hit 100? Well, I mean, now that you say it, you know, might as well. I, I know, we'd have a lot more time each week. We, we would. We could just pass it off to anyone, the first listener who raises their hand. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> All right, so uh, we are going to be talking about habits today, a little bit off of our typical topics of nutrition and food-related things, but not too far, because we do kind of dive into the personal development type of stuff, and a lot of habits do tend to be of that nature. Uh, But first, this weekend, we did some fun stuff. I spoke at the Asheville Vegan Fest, which is the first Asheville Vegan Fest, I believe. They've had some kind of veg fest thing before, and they're having another one in the fall, but this was the first Vegan Fest, and uh, it was really nice, a very good turnout. I was surprised to see so many vegans. I mean, Asheville's a vegan-friendly place, but it's uh, a small city, no matter how you slice it. So it was good to see a really good turnout for this. Yeah, and, did they have a bunch of food vendors and stuff? Or what? A lot of food vendors. Uh, plant restaurant was there. Nice. And four or five kind of new vegan places in Asheville that are like pickup where you, or delivery only, where you can't really go sit down, but lots of food delivery, you know, weekday lunch, you can pick up a lunch. Um and, and lots of other stuff, ice cream, popcorn, lots of the, the companies around here that make stuff, like, did all vegan displays for this. So that was fun. And in other Veggie Fest news, we were also at the Chicago Veggie Fest this weekend, which was a two-day event. And uh, I was not in two places at the same time, but um, the leader of our Chicago running group, Jeanette Brass, ran the booth there. And it seemed that everything went well, except for a little bit of rain on Saturday. Was it outside? Yes, outdoors, oh. both days. So always a good event, um, and even even with a little bit of rain, it was still still a very good event. So um, hope you saw us. Actually, our new logo T-shirts got delayed, got debuted at the. Uh, they've been delayed as well, but also got debuted at the Chicago Veggie Fest. So that was exciting. Cool. Got some pictures that I'm going to put up soon. Um, yeah, and then and then I did a, some more human foosball yesterday. <laughs> That's becoming my hobby. Yeah, your new it's your new sport. I think right. Or maybe you're cross training for your marathon. Yeah, exactly. And one of my most important personal development habits is is to make sure I get that in. <laughs> is foosball or cross training? Human foosball. Human foosball. Yeah. Yes. Well, good. How about you? I had a great weekend. Yeah, we, it was uh, Katie's birthday, my wife's birthday, so we floated down the French Broad River. Your wife Erin came out and joined us, and mm-hmm. had a so really re- nice, relaxing afternoon float, and then met up with some friends for some barbecue. At uh, or not barbecue, but grilling, <laughs> grilling at uh, at Bywater, um, yes, which was a, a local bar right on the river. You, you and the kids came out for that, and we we did. We had some good baked meats, grilled up some veggie dogs. It was delicious. Yeah, it was a good time. Great weekend. It was. It that's, feel- see, that's what a natural weekend is like. You get veggie fest, you get floating down the river, you get human foosball. <laughs> so, if you need another reason to visit Asheville, there are three of them. There you go. All right, so let's get to habits. Um, I'm excited about this episode. I love habit-type stuff. Uh, but in fact, I'm actually not very good at, at making this stuff happen. And as much as I write about habits, we talked about this before, um, I think part of the reason I write about it so much is because I'm always trying to learn about it because I'm not that good at making stuff last. Uh, and I have about a handful of habits, probably probably between six and eight things that are always on my list of like, I want to start this habit and I want to make this last. And then I'll do it or I'll do 
two of them, three of them, sometimes at a time, make them last for a month or two months. But I always managed to kind of fall off that that wagon. And I don't know if that's just if that's just kind of my character. Like maybe I'm not the type of person who who makes something last year in and year out, um, and just kind of always needs that change. In other parts of my life, I'm kind of a variety seeker for sure. So that would make sense. But at the same time, I feel like I just wish I could nail these in and, and have have five or six solid habits that I did every morning, say for an hour or whatever, and then was set. And that was kind of uh, my my life, you know, the way of growing just throughout my life, always doing these habits. But hasn't happened yet, but I am going to talk about the ones that I'm always kind of wishing I could get to and the ones I've spent some time on, just never all at once for a long time. Yeah, this is going to be fun. How about you? you? Are you kind of a – are you better than I am at that stuff? You know, I don't know that I'm better at you, but I, I feel like I need less variety. So there's um... – there are a handful of habits that I have been able to do for a long time, just about every day. Well, then let's let's get to it. So I'll, I'll guess I'll start with what I think are the most important, the ones that I really wish I could do every single morning. And and I'm, I'll, I've limited it to a very small handful, not just morning, could be throughout the day. Um, and then I'll, I'll expand. But the ones that I really do think are the most important for me or the, or the most valuable use of my time um, are meditation. Mm-hmm. And that can take a variety of forms. I'll, I'll get into that more. Um, running and listening to something at the same time, which is very valuable use of time for me. Not not necessarily a hard workout, just going out for an easy run, getting my body moving, and then listening usually to a podcast or an audio book or something that, that's really mainly about inspiration, just something that gets my thoughts going. And uh, it just ends up being a really good hour when I do that. Um, and my last one, oh, is, is the morning pages exercise, which I think I've talked about before on here. It's basically a stream of consciousness, handwritten journal type thing that you do for three pages long. It takes about 20 to 30 minutes, and it's part of the Artist Way program, which I think is uh, – the program itself I don't think is all that great, but this one particular exercise I have loved doing when I've been able to do it day in and day out. So that's kind of the core that I would love to be able to do day in and day out, but I have not really made that work for more than a few months at a time. Are you doing any right now? I am right now – kind of back heavily into the meditation type stuff. Okay. That's what I've been able to make work uh, during all this travel. And then recently we had this flood disaster in my house, which is another story altogether. Um, so I've I've been, in fact, the stress of all that has kind of pushed me to make the meditation work, believe it or not. That's, it's like something that I've managed to carve out 20, 30 minutes a day for because I know how much I actually need that. Like during this kind of period, it's like this one constant that is is a really good thing. So that's that's where I am right now. When I, what I do for that, I think a lot of people do kind of wonder what you do for meditation. Um, for a long time, I had only done breathing meditation, where you just pay attention to your breathing, and you're not trying to think about anything. You're not trying to visualize, none of that. You're just trying to focus on your breath, and then whenever a thought comes, you just let it go. You just go back to your breath. Uh, and I did a bunch of I did the headspace thing for a while. I think we've talked about that. I'm not, I know Ritual and I talked about that when I interviewed him. Um, but it's headspace.com, and it's a free 10 day thing. And then and then you've got to pay 15 bucks a month after that. Uh, but those are actually really nice, good sessions. If you've never done meditation before, I would highly recommend you go start do their 10 day trial thing. And uh, it just it just it helps you get started. It kind of takes away the all the I don't know, this, this veil of like weirdness around meditation that it seems like this thing that you're doing wrong and you probably, you know, you're probably not getting the benefits because you're not doing it correctly. It just kind of cuts through all that and, and does a very, very simple meditation. 
There's so also like- there's also a Headspace app for those who uh, aren't in the in the 19th century. Right. There's a Headspace app. That is probably the way to do it rather than on your computer like I always had to do. Um, but recently I've done something. It's called the Envisioning Method, and it's by this guy named Vishen Lakiani who runs Mind Valley, which is a cool personal development company. Uh, lots and lots of different. They always do different information programs, different kind of products and things. Um, but he has a free thing. It's called the Envisioning Method, also called the Six Phase Meditation. So if you Google any of those things, you will probably find it. Uh, and it's like this. It's this twenty-minute meditation where it's totally different from the breathing stuff. It's it's not that you're focusing on nothing the whole time. You're actually deliberately thinking about certain things. So the first phase uh, is like compassion, and you're thinking, you're imagining yourself being compassionate. Then there's gratitude. Then there's forgiveness. Then there's envisioning the future. Then there's your perfect day, and you kind of just go through this list of stuff. And he's he's like, I don't know. He's kind of on the edge of. Uh, scientific and spiritual so i really like that it's that it's a sort i feel like he's tested stuff and figured out what makes him most effective and really that's for this for me that's the point like i'm i'm not that motivated by a spiritual growth at least not not yet i've never found something that really has inspired me in that way um the reason i do meditation is because of all the benefits that i hear about over and over and over and uh if you listen to the tim ferris podcast one funny thing about that all these super achievers that he that he always interviews when he asked them about what their daily rituals are and their habits so many of these people who seem like they would just be so busy type a is the opposite opposite of the type of person that you would think uh would be a meditator they almost universally say meditation is the most important thing that they do so that's kind of my my reason for doing it i, I like that it that it does that. and i think the way it does it though isn't isn't by making you better at that stuff it's that it makes you kind of I think it I think it generally just makes you happier. And I think when you're happier mm-hmm. you're kind of more in a flow state with your work and things just go better. So that's that's my motivation for doing it. But it's it's definitely something that is fascinating to me. Uh but something that I'm still very much an amateur at and haven't really haven't really figured out much about. Yeah. Well Do so you you do meditation, you seem like a meditating guy. I've gone through phases where I do it all the time. Uh I'm currently not not doing it. And that was one of my uh, one of my New Year's resolutions this year was to, to meditate every day, uh, but I started out good and just haven't haven't kept it up. But I do like it. I mean, when when I'm in the habit of doing it, it's a very powerful uh, habit to have for sure. It is. Well, one thing that always kind of trips me up with it is, I guess if you're spiritually motivated, the goal for many people becomes to meditate for longer and longer time each day. And like to get to a point where you're meditating for an hour a day, or maybe even two sessions of an hour, and I, you know, that just that's never going to work with my life. I, I don't think I'll ever care about it that much that it needs to be that long thing. So a lot of times, what I do with meditation, where I get stuck, is I get up to 30 minutes a day, and then I feel like I don't really want to spend any more time on this, even if I even if I had the desire to meditate more, I, I don't really want this to take up that much more of my day because I'm sitting there doing nothing. Um, so I feel like the growth stops at that point, which really isn't true. I mean, that's not the point of meditation, and, and you're not even supposed to go after it seeking growth. You just go after it for its own sake. Um, and I don't know. I just I always get caught up there, and I think that makes me get frustrated and stop. Yeah, I think that that kind of goes against the point a little bit. I think for me what the problem is is that if I don't see immediate um, benefits the first few times that I do it. Mm-hmm. So if I get out of the habit of doing it, then – it's hard for me to get back into it because it's not, I don't know, it's hard. It like It's hard, difficult for me to sit for 15 minutes or 10 minutes even. 
Right. Um, and so after a while, once I get back into the routine of it, then I start feeling so much better about it and, and getting way more comfortable with it. But it takes a little while for me to get back into it. So as soon as I quit doing it for a few weeks, it, it's difficult for me to get back to it. Yeah, that's that's, that's the nature of a lot of habits. That's, that's what makes it hard is that a lot of times these, these small investments in things, they don't really pay the rewards until you know a week, a month down, down the road, and it's hard to, hard to have the patience to stick with it. Yeah. Doug, are you at a NASCAR race or something right now? Can you, does it sound like that? Yes. Um, there is someone doing some construction outside my house. <laughs> so, sorry about that. All right, so I've switched rooms. Hopefully this is a little bit better. You, I think you can still hear it a little bit, but... Not too bad. Not too bad. Good. All right. Where were we? All right. So meditation. We, I think we've said everything there is to say about meditation. There's nothing else that you could possibly say about meditation. Nothing. Like we've covered the entire subject in depth. <laughs> All right, so that's meditation. Um, I mentioned my other ones. I'm guessing running is, is one of your habits that is important to you, Doug? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so running, listening to something. Uh, for me, it's such a valuable time. Uh, we, as we've said many times, we have much different motivations when it comes to running, uh, but I, I really do like how I feel when I'm running, uh, even if it's not... I mean, often what motivates me is a big race goal, for sure, but... Um, what I really like about it is the chance to go out, move my body, come back, feel energized, and during that time have listened to something really good because I just don't, without a commute uh, and with two kind of noisy kids who run around all the time, there's not a lot of time for me to just put on something and really kind of go deep into whatever I'm listening to, and running is a perfect time for that. So that's, that's the real value that I get out of running every day. Do you, do you prefer to do it first thing in the morning? No, I don't. I almost never do. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I, I'd like to. It seems like a really nice habit to be in, in into in the morning, but I've never been able to make that work for some reason. I just I feel like drinking coffee and listening to things and reading books and all that instead of running. Yeah. But you're what are you eleven o'clock runner typically? Yeah, I'm a morning runner, but a late morning, so definitely not not first thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I, yesterday or Sunday, Saturday, I got up and uh, we were going to float or in the afternoon, so I got up and did my run first thing and. You know, like immediately after waking up, just chugged some water and went for my run, and it was hard. <laughs> people who run, yeah, I tell people to run in the morning all the time when they have, you know, in their busy schedules and stuff. But it's uh, it's difficult if you're if you're not used to it. Yeah, it is. I've I've gone through phases. One very motivated phase where I was trying to qualify for Boston, and I I got up every morning during the one winter with my dog and went and run and ran, and it was it was very good and rewarding, especially when you get back from it. Yeah, but then it's like right. that's the best feeling in the world when it's. 7:30 and you finish your run uh or even earlier for some people but mm. but yeah that it is hard that those first few steps especially you're just like it just takes everything in the world to not just stop and then go back to your car or your house yeah yeah good so running uh very important for a lot of reasons aside we haven't even mentioned the long-term health benefits of it uh which one could argue about that that there are also some long-term detriments of running too much for sure um but that's a good one so what else you got doug I've got a couple morning ones as well. The first thing I like to do as soon as I wake up is chug some water. I think you're very dehydrated most days when you wake up in the morning. And uh, for me, that immediately I can feel a huge difference both mentally and physically when I have um, at least at least one cup of water right when I get up. Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, yep. that's one habit that I do, and that's usually triggered from, from waking up and walking upstairs. Right. Um, and we haven't really mentioned, I don't think we've done a habits, like how to form habits episode, have we? We had the one that was sort of the long, uh, 
the one about about my kind of idea of diving all into new yeah. habits first and then and then coming back and we haven't really done the i don't know classical small steps approach method where we talk about triggers and all the different steps to, to making a habit work but i guess we've i guess we've dived in a little bit so maybe people know what a trigger is but the idea is a trigger is the the action that happens every day automatically after which you will do your habit and then that 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 trigger becomes the the uh i don't know that's kind of the mechanism that tells your brain okay now it's time to do the habit yeah so you said waking up was your and walking up the stairs was your trigger for that yes exactly yeah gotcha um and then at some point within the first half hour of being awake i, I try to spend about 10 minutes doing some gentle stretching and this isn't running specific stretching or anything like that it's uh you know really just moving my body so uh, most of the time i'll get down on the yoga mat and do some like sun salutations and, and things like that to kind of just work out mm-hmm. move a little bit from sleeping all night i have one that's, that's very similar to that uh and i don't know if we mentioned it on the podcast before or not it's called the five tibetans uh if you read that further is a is a p- online publication further.net mm-hmm. and they put out a weekly thing about personal development and fitness and lots of good stuff and i learned about the five tibetans from there i think it's called the five tibetan rights in its longest form and it's this little thing it takes less than 10 minutes and it's a bunch of they're little more than stretches that they are exercises that you're actually doing some lifting of your body weight but uh it feels kind of like a 10 minute stretching routine and very very similar i think probably inspired by a lot of that sun salutation stuff it feels like similar movements to that mm-hmm uh, and, and it's very good. It had, had all kinds of benefits attached, and even these like sort of legendary stories of people who w- would do this routine and then, uh, you know, age backwards and <laughs> lose all their gray hair and it would you know turn colored again. I mean, weird, weird stuff. Like a lot of mystical associations with this, which of course attracted me to it. Made me think I got to do that. Um, <laughs> Get rid of some of those gray hairs. Exactly, and. It's one of those things where it's, it, I like it and it was good, but it, it just, I wasn't seeing immediate benefits, so I kind of let it go. Uh, and then I, I stuck with it for a few weeks, but it just felt, I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it's sort of designed for people who aren't that into fitness, mm-hmm. because it seemed, people were talking about it as if it was their fitness routine, and this was all you had to do for fitness. And like, if you're 85 years old, maybe, but I just couldn't imagine doing this as your only fitness routine. It wasn't, it wasn't very much. So I, I got to the point where I was like, well, is this a good use of 10 minutes or not? And right now I'm saying not, but I don't know. Yeah, you know, I think just for me, it, otherwise I'm going to sit down at my desk and work for the next few hours until I go for my run. So I'm not really doing any sort of movements in my upper body or, or back or anything like that. So just getting out and doing some movements, even if it's just five or 10 minutes, you know, just loosens everything up and gets everything ready for the day. So. That's mm-hmm. that's the benefit I see. It's not necessarily getting stronger or, um, you know, fitter. I'm not sweating or anything. It's not like that. But. Right. Sounds like somebody needs a standing desk, Doug. Well, that's one of my other habits is I, I stand for an hour to an, to two hours late mid-afternoon, um, and I don't have a standing desk, so I have to actually, like, put boxes up on my desk. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's something that I've been trying to do. Really, I've been doing it for, for a while, but recently I've made a point to – every day around three o'clock to get up and uh, stand for, I try to stand for the rest of the working day before I take a break when Katie gets home. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got an episode about the sitting versus standing habit. Uh, I, I think we call it is, is sitting killing you or something like that. Uh huh. Um, so go find that if you're interested in why sitting is bad for you, why many say it's just as bad as smoking in some ways. 
Uh, but yeah, standing desk is a good one. It's a habit that I I've, I've really enjoyed. It. it was not not a hard adjustment. I got a Vera desk, V A R I desk, and very easily goes up and down. So that it during that that few week period when you're kind of adjusting from sitting to standing, you actually can very easily go back to sit for a second if you need to, or for an hour if you need to. Uh, and that that definitely made it a very easy transition. So within within two weeks or so, I was standing 100% of the time during work, and uh, I really liked it. I, I felt felt good. About you're, it, you're still sure. standing 100 percent of the time when you're at home. I guess you haven't been home for a while. Yeah, I've been home in in eight weeks now or something. So, but yes, when I'm at home, a desk almost never comes down. I mean, now and then, every every time, if it's like a day where I've got to do a lot of writing or something, and it's just very very mentally taxing day, sometimes I just do not want that extra bit of uh, pain that you know, or, or don't want to require that extra bit of willpower to actually stand instead of sit. Mm. So I'll kind of cave in and I'll just sit for a little bit. While I write, but most of the time, almost always, I would say ninety-nine percent of the time, I'm standing at that desk. Hmm. You know, maybe I should maybe I should up my game a little bit and get past just the the afternoon. There you go. Have those a... boxes out there permanently. Yeah, that's right. Doesn't look attractive. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm sure it doesn't. Yeah. And then All right. obviously, my run is is another one of my my morning routines. But we've already talked that through a little bit. Hmm. Um. Let's see. Almost all my stuff is morning. I just uh, we've talked about this before too. That, that the morning I think is a really nice time to get your habits done, get them in because the day just has takes on a life of its own after I don't know ten o'clock, eleven o'clock. Once I sit down to work, or I don't really sit down. But once I stand up to work, uh, it just feels like the day could go anywhere and could be out of my control. Basically, as soon as I open my email, you don't know what's going to happen, and then you could you could you know wake up in an alley next day and not know what happened. <laughs> Yeah. So I try to get stuff done in the morning just just to make sure it does get done. Yeah, I uh, I have a couple more here that are kind of just throughout any time of the day. One is is to write at least twenty minutes a day. And this isn't mm-hmm. a, this isn't a page. Uh, what do you call it? Blank pages that you do. Morning morning, morning pages. pages. Now, this nothing nothing like that. Um, normally this is intentional writing where I'm working on a blog post or writing about some sort of topic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I found that. It's just a really good discipline to have to do it every day, even if you're not going to write a full blog post every day. Um, right. And so I'll start with 20 minutes, and that usually turns into much more than that. But sometimes it's just 20 minutes, and that's all I can do to get through that. So I, I do that every day. Um, and and then we've talked about this one before: is the the push-ups before the shower. I've still been doing that. Mm-hmm. It's been a, a really nice nice routine and habit to to form. We've talked about that a few times now. Yes, we have. Um. Let's see. So I think writing is a good one. I've, it's one that I've never, ever been able to make work. Uh, I just, I don't know. I do writing as my job, but I don't really like writing that much. So I I can never, I just dread it and I just don't do it um, until I have to. And But what I do make work is the morning pages. Very often, um, I, this, is, this is one that I have made last for many months on end, but currently not right now, but several long, several month spurts have I, have I made it work. And as I said, it's the morning pages routine, and it's basically an idea of it's, – it's a way of meditating with pen and paper, essentially, because all you're doing is you're writing down literally any thought that comes to your head. Uh, you want to keep the pen moving most of that 30 minutes, and, and there's very little chance for you to – once you start doing this, you realize that there's not much downtime in your thoughts. I mean, there's, there's almost always something that comes up. And while you're writing one sentence, you're thinking of – because this is handwritten, and that's part of the purpose is to actually slow you down. Um, you know, make you have to write this stuff out. And when you're in the middle of one sentence, your next next sentence is coming to you. And often for me, it ends up being kind of like a journal. I sort of write about what, what happened yesterday and think through things. 
but it definitely gives you a lot of clarity, which is really interesting. Uh, and like you can, I don't know, you'll, you'll say, I need to change this. And then the next day you'll, you'll write that same thing down and you realize this theme is happening over and over and over. Like one of the examples in the book is someone who, who had a drinking problem. Um, and you know, she just said she wrote it down enough times that eventually it, it just became totally obvious to her. Like how, how can you write something down this often as a problem and not change it? And then eventually, you know, change kind of just happened on its own, which certainly that's not the way to, to stop being an alcoholic for sure. But other other less addictive things i think they really do change as a result of that because you just you just every day experience this the pain that that thing is causing you and on the flip side it could be a pleasurable thing too i mean writing how great something is going for you how great uh meditation makes you feel or what i think that that probably does tend to just reinforce those habits so it's just a way of kind of distilling everything and and gaining a sense of clarity uh i don't know it's it's really hard to explain for me how how i feel at the end of it but you definitely after a week or so of it it just feels like this habit that uh is invaluable it's just just a really really good thing uh so if you really if you want to do it at home it's just you take three pages i don't think it matters what uh you want a regular full-size page but whether or not it's lined or unlined or how whether it's eight and a half by 11 or something smaller um but three solid pages and you just you just write there's almost no wrong way to do it and there's actually there's a book on amazon if you don't want to read the full artist's way there's a book called, I think it's uh, the shoot. I'll, I'll look this one up, um, but it's I'll look it up while we're talking. But it's it's like the Morning Pages Journal or, or the something like that, uh, and you can just quickly learn about the Morning Pages habit. And it's one that I would really, really highly recommend, uh, especially if you've tried meditation before and not had success with that. This is a really nice alternative to that. Yeah, you know, you've been talking about this for a while now. I feel like I've heard you mention it a few times, and it sounds like such a good practice and a good idea i haven't done anything with it but i am really intrigued by it yeah and and the idea what uh, just another further motivation for it um by the way this book is called the miracle of morning pages it's not the morning pages journal that's a different one that is also the artist way but the miracle of morning pages is what you want um the one of the, the motivations for this habit is is the idea that you you have all this clutter in your head when you wake up every day from from the previous day and in order to be creative, because this book, this practice is really designed for artists, but uh, you know, if you're into business or whatever, you could call that art. Um, and it is that you're, you're getting all of this clutter out. You're giving it a chance to uh, be heard, and it gets written down on a page. And then there's just less bouncing around in your head of that idea. So after one and a half pages, like I said, the, the thoughts kind of do flow for a page and a half or so. And then you get to the point when, it, when it's not quite so easy it's like it's for a second it's like okay what do i write about now and it just seems like you sort of open up another little corner of your mind and sweep that out onto the page and then you're at the end of three pages but to get to three it just it's you know it's 20 or 30 minutes of solid writing and when you do that you've dumped out a lot of stuff out of your head and it's not to say that you'll never think about it again but i think once it's kind of had this chance to be heard it can it can kind of give you the space then to think about other things and and be creative yeah, that's really interesting. That that kind of leads in well to my habit, the the last habit that I have every night before going to sleep, which is uh, to write myself an email and just brain dump everything that um, I need to do tomorrow that is on my head. So I, I was finding that I was just really struggling to get to sleep because I was everything was running through my head as I was going to bed, um, mm-hmm. and and the only way I could do that is if I wrote it all down. And you know, th- these are just lists, so these aren't pages like what you're talking about but 
uh, you know, just kind of to-do lists and things that uh, comments on different things that I've been thinking about throughout the evening after I've quit work. So just get all that out there, send it, put it in an email to myself so that I know I'll see it when I wake up in the morning. Um, and, and for some reason that's been able to let my brain rest a lot more as I'm trying to go to sleep. Yeah, I like that one a lot. I've never actually heard of it in that form, but uh, definitely a lot of people, when they talk about making to-do lists, they say that the day before, the night before, is the time to make your to-do list for the next day. Um, so I guess partially so that you can kind of uh, ruminate on it in your in your sleep or, or while you're falling asleep, but I don't think it's a it's a conscious thing. You don't want to be consciously thinking about that stuff. And I think a lot of times the way when you write it down uh, – like you said, it just lets you then relax because you know it's not going to be forgotten, right. and you know you're, you know it's on the list to be dealt with tomorrow. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think that's a really good practice, and I and I, like I said, I think it probably does uh, at least if you if you believe in these sorts of things in the way that that I I kind of do. Um. You write that down, and you kind of put your subconscious to work on it. So if it's if it's write a new blog post tomorrow, and and you know the, the topic, then I think even without without consciously thinking about all the points in that post for you. You, I don't know. I just think that when you sleep, you kind of you tend to wake up and sort of have some some clarity or some ideas about what it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. So good. I, I like that one. Definitely. Um, okay, so I've got the only other single thing that I try to do, and and I'm very successful at this one, even without thinking about it, is reading. Uh, and I almost always read nonfiction, not not because I don't think fiction is is valuable. It's just that I I just get bored reading it, and I just can't. I've always tried to make myself into a fiction reader, but uh, I just I just stop reading the books. I start and then I stop and then pick up a Tony Robbins book and just tear through it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I don't know. I just I just read nonfiction and I but I love it and I think it's a really it's one of the most important things I do. And of all the habits I've mentioned, this is the one that is the most consistent. Um, a lot of times when I when I get into these other habits, like reading is kind of my morning thing. I'll, I'll have a cup of coffee and I'll read a book for thirty minutes or something. Um, a lot of times reading gets displaced when I focus on other things. But what's really special about reading for me is that when I'm not even thinking about it, when I'm when things aren't good, if I'm traveling all this time, it's something that I just naturally make time to do. It's something that uh, just tends to happen on its own. So that's been a really valuable thing uh, just because of the number of books that I managed to read. Uh, you know, it's, it's a good thing. And it's quite possible, I think. I'm not, not here to say that reading is, um, I don't know, the best habit you can have because a lot of times, and this happens for me too, you can – you can read and read and read and not take any action, particularly with nonfiction I'm talking about. But you can read about here's what to do, here's what to do, here's what to do. And then it's always easier to go read another book that, that this previous book made you, you know, made you discover or turned you on to. It's always easier to pick up that next book and then just spend some time reading that before you go implement the things from the previous book. Uh, so that's, that's a danger to watch out for. It's one that I've certainly, uh, it's a trap that I've fallen into for sure. Uh, but, you know, still, still a very valuable habit. Do you do you make time to read at a certain point each day, like in the morning or right before bed or something like that, or do you? Does it just happen naturally? Yeah, it totally just happens. I've never really had to say this is my morning time, uh, and I think because it's such an enjoyable activity, it's something that I, you know, gravitate towards. So if I can, it's much much harder with the kids, but if if there's a chance in the morning to wake up, if I wake up an hour before everyone else and I'm just not that tired, I'm going to read, and just I'll just do it, because it's, it's a fun thing to do, it doesn't, it's way easier than going outside and running, uh, way easier than a lot of things, so I tend to do it all, all the time, uh, and if it doesn't happen in the morning, then often it happens at night instead, and that's, that's when I read a lot more now, now that we've had kids, it just sort of shifted to night after they're asleep, 
but you know, it's one of those things you just it just sort of fills in the cracks. Uh, it's it's definitely a very easy one to keep up for me. Mm-hmm. So um, the last thing I've got about habits is a suggestion of a, of a website because I, this is to me when I, when I start talking about all this, it's overwhelming because I want to incorporate all this stuff into my day every day, and I. I think about what would, you know, how, how would I be, I get into personal development type stuff. So when I think about how would I be as a person two years from now, if I did every single one of these things that we've mentioned every single day, uh, which is impossible. It's unless you, unless you are retired and you don't have to have to have a regular job or work or anything. Um, and even then I think it'd be very hard to have the discipline to do this much stuff every day. But there was a program that I did last year for a while I uh, did not continue to make it work for more than, I think I made it work for about six months, and it was called Miracle Morning. It's called themiraclemorning.com uh, by Hal Elrod, H-A-L-E-L-R-O-D. And I don't really know anything about his site or his book or anything like that. I think it's a little bit out there for me. But uh, I don't know. I just, I really like this structure. And his idea was that we talk about small steps and starting one habit at a time. Um, but we've also talked about the idea of that when something's easy to do, it's also very easy not to do. Mm-hmm. So if you've got this little, if you want to start meditating and it's a five-minute habit that you're trying to do, um, it, it can be hard to, to get that in just because it's so small and seemingly unimportant and seemingly insignificant in your life. What he suggests is that you take a full hour, and I think you can do it with a half hour if that's all you have, but you take this full hour, you say, here are the six habits that are really important to me, I'm going to spend 10 minutes on each one of them for an hour. But this one hour of my morning is sacred, and that's when I'm going to do my habits. So he, you basically can fill in whatever structure you want into this hour, uh, and I think most people probably will want to adapt whatever he has suggested. But he, he does suggest a certain kind of framework, and I don't remember exactly what's in it. Uh, I think what I did was journaling, exercise, like just like push-ups and pull-ups, um, visualization, which I can talk about in a minute, meditation, reading and incantation, which I will also talk about in a minute. But it was, it was six things. And I felt amazing after this hour. It felt like, I mean, it was work. It was not easy to do. I would get up early and do it. And it was work, but parts of it were really fun and rewarding. Like the chance to journal every day, just for 10 minutes, write a little email about what, not email, but in a, in a Google doc, just like type up kind of what, what I did yesterday and how things were going. Uh, I really liked that. Exercise was good. Just kept me doing body weight type of exercises gave me that chance to meditate, got the reading in then too, but the reading didn't quite work for me because I always wanted to read much more than the 10 minutes would allow here. Um, and then visualization. Visualization to me is, is one of those things that's on the edge of being a little bit too out there where you're, you're just kind of actively imagining the way you would like things to be or the way that you would like a particular project to turn out or a particular race goal to turn out or family life, whatever it is that you're focusing on, and it could be all of these things. You, you spend time, maybe three to five minutes, and in this case, 10 minutes, actively imagining it in as much detail as possible and basically experiencing it in advance. Uh, this, this is a lot like goal setting, where you're kind of, you're setting an intention in your mind. You're saying, this is what I want. This is the goal that I am focused on. And by, by experiencing it and really feeling how pleasurable it would be, you, you probably are sending your body some type of message that uh, makes makes this outcome more likely to happen. Uh, and then the question, I guess, why that would be is probably sort of what decides what uh, what your what type of belief you have. Because we've talked about this before that there's this 
reticular activating system in your brain. This is the real thing. This is not um, out there woo-woo stuff. But like when, when you actually, you know, if you buy a new car or if you're looking at a new car to buy, you'll start seeing that car all the time on the road because now your brain is, is sort of, uh, I don't know, told to focus on that sort of thing. So you start to notice this car all the time and it seems like everybody has it. The more, more spiritual, more new agey thing would be that your thoughts actually become things and that when you think, you actually attract these things into your life somehow, not through that physical mechanism, but through something else that, that is otherworldly or out there. Uh, so I, you know, I don't, don't, not willing, willing to go that far, but I can buy the reticular activating stuff. So I like to do that. I like to at least think that it kind of sets me in a subconscious way, maybe on the path towards making that stuff happen. Maybe you just sort of notice things, notice opportunities better that would make this happen. So that, that's visualization. I like it. Uh, I've never been convinced enough that it works to really make it, make it last. But, uh, goal setting, certainly I like that one a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I um, don't know what to say about that, right? Well, no, not really. But but kind of. Uh, Katie, Katie has this uh, thing, this practice that she likes to do. Of, I mean, it's kind of the same thing. It's it's basically setting uh, by visualizing. You're kind of setting this intention, and uh, she she calls it giving it to the universe. Uh, uh, yep. And um, she's one of those types. She's one of those types, you know. But but I think it's I think it's really you know I think it's really true. And and she encouraged me to do this a lot when I'm working on a big project or something like that. Think about how awesome the outcome could be. Focus on that and and offer that up that as if it's going to happen to the universe. Right. <laughs> um, you no, know, and but... I, I don't mean to criticize those types because I I can I go on little periods of my life where I I get into that and I read those kind of books. And I, I like thinking that way. I'm, I'm not a religious person. So when I think of the universe as being uh, sort of this higher power, I, I like that. It, it, it feels good. It makes me understand why people do have religion. And I, I like it. So I'm not, I'm not criticizing that. Uh, but it just, it's, it's, very, it's funny the difference between those types and, and more grounded physical types. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, but, but I think it's the same thing, basically. I think, yeah. Uh, oh, it's definitely- you know, it, it's doing the same thing. It's kind of envisioning this, this, outcome this really good positive outcome and then you know then that positivity and that whatever you know whatever is working behind that is what it will help make that actually a reality yep and on a similar note since we've gone there uh the incantations is probably even weirder and that is sort of like affirmations this is something that that tony robbins is really big on um it, it's basically affirmations saying things that that you want to be true um but maybe aren't true yet, but saying them with a lot of intensity, maybe with kind of physical element to them, just physical movement. But basically, you know, if, if you can scream at the top of your lungs um, that you are, I don't know, let's say you wanted to lose a bunch of weight and you just got in the habit of every time on your commute, you would start chanting something, but maybe have a rhythmic element to it that, that, you know, says I'm, I'm meant to be this certain weight or I don't know, maybe weight's not the best example, but you know, you would just you would just get really into it, and you repeat it over and over and over. Um, I talked to Asher Gunsberg, who has been on the Rich Roll podcast, and he had me on his podcast when I was on the book tour. And he said this sort of thing was really important for him that that he found that when he ran, the rhythmic way that you know of running that you've got this this kind of back and forth pounding sound um, would go really well with repeating some sort of affirmation or incantation over and over and over again. And I don't know. I think I think with running particularly with the way that it sort of lulls you into 
of a bit of a trance, I think you probably do become uh, sort of receptive to messages like that. So I think if you're running and you're able and you can get over the, uh, I don't know, the the embarrassment sort of aspect. Like I can't, I can go for a run and yell something out loud all the time. It just <laughs> that's just weird. But there are people who can do that, and I always think they're weird. But whatever, good. I admire them for being able to do that. Um, so he says he he will go out and maybe it's not screaming, but just saying something over and over and over. I think you probably do do something to it, it probably does drive that message into your brain, whatever that message is. But he said he's had success using using that method. That's basically what incantation is. So if you can have some sort of physical element to it, like running, uh, I think if you're engaging your body, you're definitely you're definitely kind of able to reach a, a deeper part of your psyche. So that's what incantation is, and I, I, it's, I like it. I've never had that much success with it. I like the idea of it, but I was doing it for, for 10 minutes a day in this, uh, in this Miracle Morning program. But so anyway, that's, that's Miracle Morning, those six things. You can swap in different things if you don't like incantation or visualization or exercise. You, know, you can change it around for sure. But the idea of setting this certain hour that's going to be your habit time and then maybe even changing out over time what you actually do during that hour, how you spend it. But I think that's a really – there's a lot of potential to that idea for me, that, that you wake up at 6 and 6 to 7 is your time to work on yourself or whatever you want to call it uh, and, and fill it with, with the activities that, that you think are the most important that kind of set you up for the most success each day and the most happiness each day just so that, so that you don't get into – I don't know. Life can kind of sweep you up and then suddenly you, you lose track of all that stuff and a year or two years go by and you look back and realize that you haven't really been very – intentional or deliberate with your life you've kind of just followed uh you know you've just gone where the where the currents take you for lack of a better expression uh and i think i think having a set time like that an hour that says this is my time i'm going to focus on stuff that's kind of outside of that whole whole whirlwind uh, i think that's a really a really powerful idea and one that i'm i, I want to try to make work better yeah absolutely completely so that's that's miracle morning by hal elrod uh if you're interested in that so um, that's, that's our habits. I, anything else there, Doug, for you? Uh, yeah, I didn't mention one, but, um, go I, for it. Then we'll wrap up. Well, this is, this is one that's kind of along the same lines, I guess. Uh, it, it's something that I do. I have started doing every evening as a way to end my workday to kind of really separate the evening time and my workday. Cause I have, especially since I've started working from home, I have a lot of trouble, um, yep. you know, cutting things off at the end Definitely. of the day. And so Katie and I have started doing, uh, well, we started basically cooking together every evening um, mm-hmm. instead of just wanting one of us doing it. But we call it jazz hour. We put on jazz music and <laughs> have a glass of wine or a beer and, and cook together during that hour. And it's kind of this opportunity to really step back away from, from work and kind of push that aside and, and get into, uh, you know, spending time together and, and relaxing for yeah. the evening. I like that. It's very nice, Doug. Yeah. I admire you. I'm jealous that you're able to do that. Yeah, and then and then you know I get a call from you that it's time for an an academy call or something like that. Mm-hmm. I have to go back to work and it's all ruined. But yeah, let me know when jazz hour is so that I can make sure I <laughs> put my emails right in it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that is habit. I like that one. I do. That's a good one, Doug. I, I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, yeah, so that, that's what we do. Not to say that those are the only habits in the world or the best ones, but those are the ones, I don't know, I've, I've, I've thought about this stuff for a while, probably 10 to 15 years now that I've kind of been into this stuff. And the ones that I've mentioned here are the ones that I've have come highly recommended from other people. Um, 
or or from my own experience, like the running and listening to something, that's kind of just my own thing that has turned out to be really good. Um, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's some sort of core here that people can, can figure out what what is the essence of all these and then yeah. figure out what their own habits are. Um, but, you know, none of these none of these habits are answer your email for for. 20 minutes a day or 30 minutes a day. So I think they're all the opposite of the stuff that they're not, they're the, they're the important, but not urgent, which is a, a classic time management thing that the, the really important stuff generally doesn't demand your attention. Like the urgent stuff does. Uh, so you've got to, you've got to carve out time for that important stuff and make it happen. And that's, that's what all these habits are. They're the important things that don't have any urgency with them. Uh, so hopefully this has inspired someone to go for it and carve out some time start some new habits and maybe giving you a few ideas as well yeah absolutely all right well then on that note we will wrap up and we'll be back with episode 98 in less than a week 98 can't wait <laughs> all, right. all right all right see you everyone take care